0: Well, hello everyone. It is announcement time here at Keys Vineyard. Everyone's favorite part of a church service is the announcements. So, hey, sit down. Buckle your seatbelts. Get let's get ready for these. Hey, coming up this Wednesday, January 10th at 6:30 p.m., uh, it's going to be our one more youth group meeting. Uh, that's for our middle schoolers and high schoolers, grades 6 through 12. We have an awesome time Uh, We always order pizza, we have some fun games, we we sing worship songs together, and we study the Bible. It's going to be really good, Uh, so make plans on having your teenagers join us this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Also coming up, Pastor Georgina and Pastor Fran are leading a new marriage study called Become Your Best Us. Uh, This is going to be on Thursday night, starting this Thursday, January 11th, at 6.30 p.m. PM. They're going to be going over some really good habits for married couples to uh, be doing. So make plans to join us for that, uh, if that would be cool for you to do. Also coming up this month, January 24th, uh, is going to be our next night watch. This is a night of ministry and prayer and worship. And we always have a blast at those. Uh, If you could use some extra ministry time, that's a great opportunity uh, to get that. That's going to be January 24th, Wednesday evening, starting at 6.30 p.m. Those are the events I've got on my tablet telling me what to say. Keep downloading the KVC app. It's a great app to have on your front page of your phone or iPad. And yeah, those are the announcements. I know your favorite part, right? I'm joking, the best part's coming up here soon. With all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey
1: everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back into worship. We had a great early morning uh, set at eight and so Looking forward to spending this time with you. Then we're back into our series called Kingdom Revealed, part eight. This is going to be a review to catch us back up on where we were. So get your Bibles, Genesis chapter one and two, get a coffee, get comfortable. Here we go. Woo!
2: Good morning, family. Sounds like a party in here. I like it. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you're not quite sure of the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to all their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're going to be Diving back into Kingdom Revealed, which we had put a pin in before Advent, but he's gonna do a little bit of review so that we're not just like, wait, what's going on? But yeah, it's good. It's a good refresh. We're gonna have a good morning. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We thank you for your presence in this place this morning. We thank you for how you've already been moving inside and out of this building. We thank you for what you're going to do in us today. This morning, Papa, we just want you. Help us to set aside the distractions and the worries that we walked in with. Help us to focus fully on your face. More clearly and hear you more fully, Lord. Because in that place, that's where the best life is. So tune our hearts to yours. Help us to live in that full place, Lord. Our lives are lives on your mission. You are beyond good to us. And we say thank you. And we love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached. With this collect, almighty God, who wonderfully created man in your image and even more wonderfully restored him. Grant, we pray, that as your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, was made in the likeness of men, so we may be made partakers of the divine nature through your son, who with you and Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever. Amen Chaplain Doug
3: On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it Saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me In the same manner he took the cup It was the last night of the Passover celebration The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption He said, this is my blood poured out for you Drink this in remembrance of me Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to start our time of worship now. and I always try to encourage us all to sing out. Lift your voices. Participate. He is worthy of our praise here today and always. We're going to see the words on the screens so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. Then sings my soul how great thou art.
4: your prayer
2: that are spoken this morning. Bless the ears that will hear it, to receive it, to learn you better, Lord. We also pray that you would bless the children's workers who are taking care of our kids this morning, God. Give them everything they need to teach the kids about your great and wonderful love for them. You are so, so good to us. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Pastor Jordina, would you please come up and teach the kids a Bible verse?
5: Morning, boys. Good morning, everyone. So excited that you're here. We're going to listen to a great true story found in the book of Acts, which is in the New Testament. And we have learned, right, that Jesus' disciples saw Jesus taken up to heaven, right? And after this, they went back to Jerusalem, and they met together in the upstairs room that they were staying in, right? And these are the names of the disciples that are closest to Jesus. Ready? So it says, Peter, John, James right? James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the salad, and Judas, the son of James. And they all prayed together along with all the other disciples, all the other followers of so Jesus, which included Jesus' mother and Jesus' brother. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, they all prayed together. And then Peter got up and said, the scripture said that Jesus would be hurt by his friend. And that is why Judas turned against Jesus, right? Judas has died and we need to choose someone else to replace him. Someone who has been with Jesus all along too, right? And this person will go with us and help us tell the truth about Jesus, that he is alive, right? And so they decided to choose between two people. How many people? Two people. Good job. One of their names was Joseph, and the other one was Matthias. And guess what they did? Acts 124 tells us, Then they prayed You, Lord, know everyone's heart. Show which of these two you have chosen, right? And then, guess what? They cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. So, Matthias was added to the 11 apostles. He was chosen, right, to help the disciples tell others about Jesus. And guess what? We are told to tell others about Jesus. God wants us to work together to tell others about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's so good, right? Good. So are we ready to tell the Bible verse to everyone else? Okay, let's say it together with one, vo- one voice, okay? Repeat after me. Good job. Acts one twenty four. Acts one twenty four. Then they prayed. You, Lord, Lord. know everyone's hearts. hearts. Show which which of of these two you have chosen. Excellent work. Wow.
1: Good job, children. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him pastor georgina will then pray for them and we will after that dismiss them the children's
4: church
5: okay. all right boys and girls let's close our eyes and let's think about the lord okay ready one two three father in heaven thank you so much for taking care of us, Lord God. Thank you for protecting us and providing for us and giving us everlasting hope. Father, empower the children, Lord God, to know that they can share about Jesus too, Lord God. They can tell the truth about Jesus, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus died to save us from sin and death, and that Jesus is coming back again. In Jesus' name, what are we
4: Good chat, boys and girls.
1: Have fun, kids. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you. I finally figured out that's how I need to say that because we're with them, not that they're with us online, right? Okay, so. so I think now it's correct. It took me a long time to try and figure out what to say there. And I, I only even brought it up then to kill some time because they were working on the side projectors. So, uh, and they fixed them. Isn't that great? That QR code that just popped up on there, if you pointed your smart device at it, it would do a number of things. Uh, it takes you to a page on the website with half a dozen very important links. One of them has the fill in notes for today. There's a chart today, so you might want the fill in notes, uh, just to follow along. Um, the digital connect card is there. If you're a first timer and you've never filled that out for us, we'd love for you to fill it very quick. Um, the listening assistance device is there, you do that through your phones, it works wonderfully. The translation service is there. We translate this service and eleven o'clock into thirty different languages. Isn't that fascinating? So if you have a language you prefer than this one that I'm speaking, you can follow along. And it's fascin- the technology, it, it puts it so you can read along, or if you have a listening, you know, an ear thing connected to your phone, it speaks almost in real time in whatever language. I'm amazed by the whole thing. So anyway, that's going on. And uh, check that out. I also wanted to, I know it was in the announcement video, but coming this Thursday, Pastor Friend and Pastor Georgina are starting a small group marriage study Thursday evening, five weeks long, Becoming Your Best Us. Should be really good. Childcare is, is available. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, please go to the app and tell us you're coming. So we have plenty of materials. If you don't do that part, show up anyway. Starts this Thursday, 6.30. And uh, I'm sure that's going to be a great small group. Runs for five weeks. And somebody had been asked, the women's group starts back up February 6th with a study on Luke. So most things are popping back up now. We're getting close. And I think Grief Share meets tonight. So uh, is that yet? Yeah, good. Grief Share meets tonight, Dr. Lily and Jack, at 6 o'clock. So, uh, great ministry. If you'd like to be involved with that, please come. Okay. When we gather, we pray for our neighbors. Um, This is to reinforce what I ask you to do every day. You should be praying for the people who live around you. So, think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, uh, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And help us, God, to be good neighbors to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, you might have noticed my bride is not with me because she usually helps with this and reads word. She is just a little under the weather. She's going to be fine, but uh, not here, but she's watching. So hi, honey, miss you. And uh, they just said hi, some of them. So you missed. <laughs> We are pressing back into a series called Kingdom Revealed. So we started this, uh, 13 weeks ago now, but we, we paused it because Advent happened. So we spent four, five, six, six weeks doing Advent, Christmas, and, uh, New Year's. But I wasn't finished with this series, and I want to get back to it, uh, because it's, I think it's pivotal, and it, it builds, the next series builds on it. So we're, this one's called Kingdom Revealed, and then we're gonna do Kingdom Rebellion. And, we're working through the Bible together. Uh, and uh, my hope, let me tell you why. Why, why do you take time to kind of break it down and spend, we'll end spend 10 or 11 weeks just in the first two chapters of Genesis. There's things that happen in the first two chapters of Genesis that impact the whole story. And there's another group of things that happen in chapters 3 through 11 that have a huge impact on the rest of the story. And, and sort of if you, if you don't see how these things are influencing the Bible, Uh, then it it never really maybe connects for you in the way that it should. And my hope is that when you begin to see how amazing the Bible is, divinely inspired literature that God made, and he designed it in a way that you can spend day and night for all of your life hanging out with the Bible, and it will continue to draw you closer to God. In fact, it's designed that way. It's it's unlike any other book or anything that you can sort of say, well, I read that, You, you're to continue to dig in and press into the Word of God, and my hope is that somewhere along the line, something will change in in your time with the Bible, and it, and it will be something that you look forward to, and as you begin to see how connected it is, and how amazing the the forty authors that God used to write it are, and and it just will continually amaze you, and I think it it just makes you realize how. Incredible God is and, and so that's my hope as we dig in and start trying to find little things that you can connect with and then see how big of an impact it has across the entire Bible because it's, it all works together and so that's my hope so we're, we're just spending time to dig into some of this and I am also fairly confident as I stand here that everything that I preached in those first seven weeks has not sort of rested on your memory <laughs> like what was he doing what now come on so we're going to sort of review parts of it. Uh, I told, I teased the last group at the end. I said, you know, the best way you could spend Sunday afternoon, today, uh, when we're done here, is to go home and watch the first seven videos of me talking. <laughs> uh, you've got your, your whole day planned out. I don't think you'll do that. Uh, and I wouldn't encourage it. But uh, I do want to review parts of what we've talked about to keep us in line so that we can pick up the series together next week. So we're... We're doing a deep dive into 1 and 2 today, Genesis 1 and 2. i got to do the bad jokes. So this is, so this joke is a bad joke, but the context, I think, makes it better. Um, we have a, a friend, uh, and, and she is now in her 90s, and she's really sharp, and uh, she doesn't live for anymore. But when she was here, she came to church all the time, and the, she loved the bad jokes. Believe it or not, some people do like the bad jokes. And, and so we stay in touch with her. Alice is very good about staying in touch with her. And they were just speaking this week. And I'll listen in. They'll put it on speaker. And one of the things that she loves to have a joke for me. So she hangs on to these jokes, right? So knowing that then makes this joke even better. This is the joke. She said, oh, you know, you got to have Pastor Steve tell this to the church. Okay, so here it goes. You ready? You're on a horse. There is a giraffe right behind you. Right behind the giraffe is a lion. What do you do? Get off the merry go round. She was so happy to tell us that joke. No, I wanted to share it. And then did you hear that the price of duck feathers has risen? So now even down is up. That's all I got for you. Yes, yeah, there you go. That never happens. Alice, did you see that, honey? (laughs) I hope she was watching. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do the scripture reading because Alice isn't here. So if you are able, would you please stand in honor of the word of the Lord? Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day day. Blessed be the word of the Lord, you may be seated. So just a couple of things as we roll in. Remember when you're reading the Bible, especially back here in the beginning, that the Bible was written around 1400 B.C. in history. It was written after the Exodus. So a lot of things had happened in the history of Israel before the, the Bible is written down. It had been communicated by story through them, but God has Moses begin to write it down. He writes the first five books. And... In, in understanding that, what you have to sort of do as you read the Bible is know that while the Bible is written for us, it was not written to us. It was written in history, uh, in different points, to the people that it was intended, the original hearers, and they had a specific worldview and an understanding. And what we need to do is, and God knew that we would be able to do this in a perfect time in history that we would be able to read it and we would be able to take into account that it was written to a group of people with a different worldview and we would understand it through that lens. If you try and force a 2024 cultural worldview onto the Bible, you will make it say something that it's not saying. And that's a problem. And we looked at that. And so we have to understand that, that what was going on in history when it was written to the people it was written to. And the first thing we're going to talk about is a temple in just a moment. And know that the people understood what temples were. And that when they thought of a temple, they believed it was a very real place on on earth where heaven was there. There was a connection. And, and that's what's going on. And we're going to define that. But th- it was written to people who would see that. So that when we look at Genesis 1 and 2... Sort of the main things to come out of it are, I want to talk about creation in the way of a cosmic temple. We've got to talk about humanity as the imagers of God. Uh, and and I want to review that because we've sort of covered that. And then we got a couple more things to look at in the weeks ahead before we move on to Genesis 3. So that gets us ready uh, to read. Also, it's important to note, and I spend a lot of time doing this, the Bible's not a science book, so don't read it like one, and it's not a textbook. It's divinely inspired literature that reveals God's heart about his relationship that he wants to have forever with people, with us, and that he created this planet as a place where heaven and earth would connect, and we would spend forever with him, and it would always be awesome and incredible. We mess that up, but he's doing everything to fix it and put it back, and that's what we have at the end of the story. So hang on to that as we go, and let's start with this discussion of a cosmic temple, temple was a place where heaven and earth connect. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. These are not, don't look at heavens as being millions of miles away and earth just as the globe. It's these realms. It's sort of the spiritual realm and the, and the human realm, if you would, and that God wanted a place where they would connect. That's the heart of God. God wants to be with his human family here on this planet, and we're going to do it together. That's how God wants to do it. We're going to co-rule the planet, and so he makes this cosmic temple. Now, that handy little chart, uh, there's a much more detailed exact same chart, but with all the scriptures in it that's available on the app and in different places. Um, but, but this is how I, I think you should look at Genesis 1 and how you can understand it, and I think it's very helpful in the understanding of it. And it allows for a lot of different ideas, as long as you hold on to this, that what God was building was this cosmic temple, and, and that Genesis 1 is his ideal. It's what he wants. And so, uh, remember as we read, everything was formless and empty. And what God's gonna do is form it and fill it. The, the formlessness and the emptiness. And day one, two, and three, He's adding form to the planet and to everything. Uh, and He builds these domains, for lack of a better word. The first one is time. And that's when, let there be light. And you think, well, isn't He making light there? And we don't get sun, moon, and stars until day four. So what, what's happening is that it's God is the light. And we'll see that again in Revelation 22. That God's light is sufficient. But he, he wants us... Uh, he's making time because that's how we understand things. And so he creates a domain for time on day one. On day two, you'll see him uh, create skies and seas. This is another domain. On day three, he creates land and plants. And so... It was formless, so now he's formed it. And it's, it's amazing what he does on day four, five, and six, is he fills what he forms. And it's perfect when you see it this way. Oops, I got excited and hit the wrong button. So he made a, a domain for time on day one. On day four, he fills time with sun, moon, and stars. So that's how we know. One for the day and one for the night. And boom, he's, he's formed it and then he's filled it. Wow, that's cool. So what, what happens on day five? Well, he fills, he fills up day two can make skies and seas. What should go in skies and seas? Birds and fish. And that's what's happening in the Bible. And on day three, he had land and plants. Uh, and then on day six, it's animals and humans. The plants needed to be there so that we had food. And, and so how cool is that? Formless and empty, now formed and filled. Then on day seven, which is, uh, and everything's good. Good, 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 good. Day seven is a day when we read that God rests. And that's actually the first three verses of Genesis 2, which should be the last three verses of Genesis 1, but whatever. But when he rests, we have this idea that God took a break, right? And it's not what it means. It means he created this cosmic temple and then his presence rested on it. He fills the temple with his presence. So this is God's heart. God is there and he wants us to be there with him and we're going to enjoy each other forever. That's what happens in Genesis one. That's the ideal understanding that sets the stage for everything else as you go. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. And so, uh, this allows room, as I said, for different, cause sometimes people get divided over what's going on. Well, is it, is it, is it seven literal 24 hours a day can be, uh, is it seven days where seven where there each day is like a thousand years? Can be. Uh, is it just different periods being addressed and it's a lot longer than that? Can be. I don't. I, that does. What happens is it's this cosmic temple and this is the heart of God. He's making a place where we can dwell with Him forever. So the rest of it is not as significant. It might be to you and that's okay. But I'm just saying, hold this intention. All right. We got this. Very cool. Now we go from there into Genesis two and. Uh, there's this neat hinge verse. And really this should be the beginning of Genesis 2. And when you read it, you'll go, yeah, it would make a great beginning of a chapter. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Love how the writer, he's getting, he's drawing you to that verse. He's shifting the words around. So you go, oh, this is something, it's kind of a heading. And as you read through Genesis 2, what you will notice is it doesn't really follow Genesis 1 chronologically very well. Because on Genesis 1, all these things happened. But on Genesis 2, like it looks like other things might be happening and in different orders. And it's there's a lot of different ways that people think that happens. I think what happens is Genesis 1 is the ideal. Genesis 2 is more of the reality as the characters that have this opportunity to live out the ideal are introduced into the story. I think that's how it's written. And so in Genesis 2, you're going to see water come out, and then, then plants, and then, and then people. And, uh, and so it's kind of fascinating out of this little water that streams up. Uh, and, and so I want to pick up the story there. I do that in, in detail if you want to go back and watch all the videos. But just know that we're going to pick up the story now in Genesis 2, uh, and we're going to talk about imagers, uh, people. I use that term imagers to get you thinking this way that to be created in the image of God isn't so much about do we look like God? It's that the, it's more of a verb. You were, you were created to reflect God into the world around you because he wants to partner with you to steward the planet. And so he, he gives you a lot of incredible gifts and characteristics to uh, make it possible for you to do just that. Uh, and so we image him on the planet and, and with the temple thinking, when a temple was made, even the false gods would make temples. They would make these temples in stages. And the last thing they would do was they would put a statue of whatever God that temple was to in the temple. And they would say, okay, now the presence is here. Well, in, in our Genesis one look, everything is done. And on day six, he, he doesn't put a statue in there. He puts us in there. We're the living imagers of God. Because God is God. And then his presence comes and he rests on it. So we're imagers uh, created in his image to partner with him to steward the planet and to do uh, all that he would have us do. No shrub, verse 5, had yet appeared on the earth and no plant yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. There was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, so Adam is actually the Hebrew word for mankind. And so it's kind of a representative name, Adam. And God creates man, Adam. And everything in Genesis 1, remember, was good. Good, 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 very good. And then... We find something in Genesis 2 that's not good for the first time, and it's in verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone, and so I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now, we, we spend a week or two diving into this, because here, a lot of times, there's places for people to sort of attack the Bible and Christians as being, you know, misogynistic, or that got, and it, it couldn't be further from the truth, and so we want to make sure that as we enter into this, we realize male and female are created to do this thing together, and the uh, the, the first sort of point of contention for some people be that, that God made a, a woman out of a rib, so I guess somehow less than, uh, 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 although he, he made man out of a mud pie, so come on, <laughs> you know you take it for what it's worth <laughs> if you want to get upset but actually the the, the word is not translated well uh genesis 2 the lord god caused the man to fall into a deep sleep and while he was sleeping he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh uh, and the word there in, in hebrew is actually "tselah it's selah t-s-e-l-a, t-sela, t-s-e-l-a. And and almost everywhere else, nowhere else is it translated as a as a as, as a rib. It's always a, like an arch, architectural term. Mostly, it's translated side, which makes way more sense when you look at it. And so, um, what does what God does is He builds the side into a woman. So there, he, he sort of miraculously splits man into male and female. Adam and Eve, Adam, mankind. Eve means living. And boom, and so he's got something. Uh, And and so the the one that was alone becomes two, uh, male and female. Uh, The other thing that I, he's going to fix that in a second too. The other thing is this idea of helper. This is another spot that people think, well, somehow uh, women are less than. The Lord said it's not good for the man. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Like, you know, I need an assistant. And the word there is uh, E-Z-E-R, azer uh and this is the only place where it's sometimes translated this idea assistant uh and it's in every other instance in the old testament it's used as a word that describes god as a rescuer and the idea is that um it's not a, a it's not a lesser than assistant it's it describes someone who plays or, or fills the role of the indispensable other the picture is that, that together is how they work. That's how God did it. And, and it doesn't work any other way. The desired good that God wants can't happen without this going on. Uh, and so... Um so there was a problem, and this we saw, and, and just, you know, and in Genesis in the beginning there was a problem that was formless and empty, and he fixes that, and now the problem is man was alone, and so he creates, a, uh, makes a, a woman, and the, there was one, now there's two, and then he knits them together in relationship, Genesis 2.24, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh, and Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So a, this amazing a time in history they're together uh they're co-laborers with god on a perfect place he's offered them and given them divine life and everything is really good at this point in time there is no shame or any of the mess that's going to show up when we get to genesis three and so uh neat how god is is moving into this situation the ideal is genesis one the reality is more genesis two and having done all that uh and then the idea of imager, I did add this and I want to go back to it again, is this um, is, is this connection with the royal priesthood. It's our calling uh, to be an imager. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special uh, possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so the, the royal part, that's our vocation, that's what we do, partner with God, uh, to steward the planet, to steward creation. Uh, to make the planet like Eden was the original design, and the priesthood part is us imaging, reflecting the image of God into the world. So we had all those things tied together. We're cranking along, and uh, I, so last night I had about 50 more slides when I got to this spot. I was like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> so we've shortened it. For uh, I told Doug, "Okay, that's not going to work because," but I didn't want to get this part in. <laughs> And this is important. This is called the divine command. And this, when you sort of take this in and think about this for a while, I think it sort of makes everything, the, the mess that everything is, we can sort of see the root of it. And, and then with the root of it, with the hope of Holy, Holy Spirit, we can start to do something about it. So the command is this, Genesis two sixteen. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, what I need you to see, and this is so important, is that the first part of the divine command, Genesis 2.16, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. You've You've got to catch this. Because this is how this starts. Everything that God has created, he's done for you, and it's all yours. God's not holding back anything. He's like, listen... You you just walk with me and you'll experience this divine life the way it's intended to be forever and ever and ever and ever. It's done for you. You just got to just hang with me and let's do it and trust in me. But there's a one prohibition. Verse 17. After you've been told everything is yours, everything, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Stay away from that tree. And, and in the story, they're positioned, you, you can't get to the one tree without walking by the other. S- so that there's a choice. And this is where people, well, why was there a choice? Because God wants people to be in relationship with him because they choose to be in relationship with him. Not because there's no other option. And think about it, if there was no other option, it wouldn't be much of a relationship, would there? Relationship takes choice. And so this is the choice. And the, the way this choice boils down... Because we, we looked at the... You know, the, the tree of good and evil is, is tove and ra. Because you would think, well, why shouldn't we know good and evil? You should. But you want God to teach you... And give you his wisdom about what's good and evil. You don't want to take it for yourself. Or from the culture. Or wherever. And so, it's a big picture of... Will I trust God and experience divine life? Even if I have to maybe wait sometimes... Or it's not going the way I want it. Or... Will I think, no, nope, I know better than God, and will I take for myself from this other tree? And, and this is the overriding issue that, that has impacted everything. God made a good, people want to blame God for stuff. God made a good planet world and, and gave us an opportunity to experience divine life for Him. All we had to do was trust Him and do it His way. And to a person, all of us had said at some point, nah. I want to I want to take wisdom for myself. I can't wait for you, God. I'm, and at, at his heart, what you're doing is, you're saying, God, I don't want to wait for you and trust in you to define good and evil. I'm going to define it for myself. And that's sin. It's at the heart of it. People get all... Every time that we've gone in the wrong direction, it's because we've decided what's good and what's evil. And we want that choice. And that's what's caused the havoc in the world around us. When I think of, because I look at the world and I think, whew, like, what a mess, right? Like everywhere you look. And and I, I see people, a lot of times, that want to blame God. Well, how could God do? And God, God made this beautiful, wonderful, divinely inspired life for all of us. And all of us said, no, we're going to do it our way. And the result is what it looks like when you choose to define good and evil for yourself. Now well, think about it. And, and it's it's the it's at the heart of the problem. And it's what we need to think about as we press into the story. Cause then you're going to read on in Genesis. I was just doing, doing a new Bible reading plan and there's some horrific things happening in Genesis. You, why are these in the Bible? Why is the, you know, why is the flood in there? Why is the, 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 the story with Lot and, and, and why is this in the, these are horrible stories. And it's to illustrate that what happens when we begin to define good and evil for ourselves. And it's, it's everywhere. So it's good for us to think about that, and I think that really helps us understand the story. So we're very blessed in that next week uh, I'm going to talk about Holy Spirit. And when you come to know Jesus, because of what Jesus did on the cross and how he defeated death and rose again, and then he sends Holy Spirit, we have this amazing gift of being able to be empowered by Holy Spirit to live this life now to help us to make the right choices and to move in the right directions. We don't always do that still, but we have now the power to do it. And that's a significant, significant deal. And we're going to introduce Holy Spirit back in Old Testament, back in verse 2, and see how he's involved in this up till this day and how that's moving. So that's what we're going to pick up next week in the story. But that's kind of a quick review. And uh, there's so much going on. As I said, what a great way to spend the afternoon! Make you some popcorn, <laughs> fire up your big screen, watch the first seven. That's a lot of me. <laughs> yeah, probably you don't do that, but um, but yeah. If you have any questions, you can look at the different ones and see if you know, because I skipped through a lot. But very cool. Okay, that's done with the review. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way of that wall here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, um, they'll make sure you get it. And let me say that uh, this amazing journey, this story starts by knowing Jesus. When Jesus comes, he goes to the cross and he deals with sin and death. And then as he does that, he makes a way for us to be reconciled back to God. Fascinating. And, and our, our part is to say Yes. And that's what you need to do. If you've never said yes to Jesus, please just say it today. Best. It's best choice you'll ever make. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And it begins the, the eternal connection and walking with him and Holy Spirit comes and begins to change things in your life. So if you've never done that here, there, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Thank you, church, for being so generous. We appreciate you uh, and your faithfulness to giving. Allows us to do so many things locally and globally. And we appreciate you for doing all those things. Uh, Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings
4: flow.
1: May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Have a great day. Be kind to one another. Those doors will be open for you. Be kind in the parking lot. Enjoy the day, and uh, enjoy watching me seven times later on. <laughs> Thanks for watching online. God bless you uh, uh, <laughs> seven times. What? Yeah. Anyway. Have a great day. Next week, back into uh, this series talking about Holy Spirit. I can hardly wait. Bye.